This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Good evening. I have, I have, I have to start with a confession. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but I, I have some trouble with this thing. I don't know if you have one of these, um, but they're very distracting. Uh, I heard someone getting some notifications earlier. Uh, I sometimes see you. I'm watching you. I sometimes see you, uh, and you've got your phone out in the sermon, and maybe you're taking notes. Maybe you're on your Bible app. Maybe you're on TikTok. I don't know. I can't see the screen, so I'm not judging. But I'm just saying I, I feel you. I find this a difficult thing. Um, and one of the difficulties I have is that it's just really tempting to look at it. It's shiny. It's got, an, you know, interesting things to read or watch. Um, and it, it vibrates or makes a noise to kind of call out to you. Look at me. Look at me. Do you get that? Do you ever have that? Does anyone have their phone, like, confiscated by a teacher or someone? These things, these things are distracting. And I have this difficulty where it's one of my pet peeves with other people that they're on their phone when I'm trying to talk to them, and then I catch myself doing it to other people. And it's like double standards much. Um, there's this verse uh, that we're going to look at tonight uh, as we think about drawing deeply from the life of our Savior. It was the verse that Travis asked us to preach on today in our preaching plan, and Lewis just picked something different this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gave, it, you gave it a little bit of air time, but mostly you preached on something different. But I think it's good, because if you came this morning, we're not actually doing the same verses, because Lewis went way off script. Um, good job, Lewis. This is, this is what we were supposed to preach on, Lewis. Um, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Uh, and so what I thought I would do tonight, because Lewis didn't do it this morning, is go through this verse, like word by word, uh, and think about what it, what it all means, uh, and with special focus on that little phrase in the middle there, fixing our eyes on our smartphones. No, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. But we're going to start where you should always start, at the end. Uh, we're going to work our way backwards, just to keep you all on your toes. Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Uh, that's a pretty packed little phrase. It's doing a whole heap of work. Uh, thankfully, you guys have already been thinking about this stuff for the last half hour-ish, because uh, we just sang three songs that kind of unpacked what's going on in, this, in these what, six words. Saying that Jesus is the, the pioneer, the starter, and the finisher, the perfecter. Uh, that word perfecter um, in, the, in the Greek that was there originally just means the, the finisher. Uh, perfect in English kind of has this connotation of like 
everything being like precise and without any blemish. Uh, in Greek, that word telos, it kind of just means the end, which is a kind of perfection, I guess. There's an overlap in the idea. Um, but yeah, it's not so much about being absolutely pristine and perfect as being completely, completely done. Completely complete. I should have said that. I would have been really poetic. Um, and what he's talking about, this, this author of Hebrews, we don't know who wrote this book. I'm really sorry. Uh, but whoever, whoever they were, what they're saying is that Jesus, in dying on that cross and rising again, just like we've been singing about, saying that Jesus began the work to save us and finished the work of saving us. You know, Jesus, the last thing Jesus said as he died on the cross was, it is finished. And what he's saying is there is nothing more that you need to add to what I'm doing. I'm doing it all. He doesn't uh, just kind of get the ball rolling. I think sometimes as Christians we think, Jesus died for me to kind of give me a clean slate, to give me a new life, to start from scratch, but now I'd better get it right. Now I've got to do the work and finish the job that he started. But no, Jesus is the finisher. And neither, this is the other mistake we sometimes make, neither does it mean that, that the Christian life is something that you've got, to, you've got to shape up to get into. You've got to reach some kind of a, a threshold, some kind of a standard of being a good person, and then you can kind of get in on the bottom rung once you reach it. No, Jesus started it. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says that he died for us even when we were still sinners. He started it before we started, and he finished already, and it's done. It's good news, isn't it? It's worth singing about. All right, so let's fix our eyes on Jesus. I mean, where else would you go? What else would you look at? What else would you think about? What else would you focus on than this Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith? Well, I, I mean, I can think of a few things, right? Maybe you can too. A few distractions, a few things that our eyes get drawn to when we're trying to fix them on Jesus. Uh, sometimes we get distracted by things that seem good, or even are good, but they're not the best. Uh, the good things that we enjoy, things that make us happy, things that make us laugh and smile, and we, we want to enjoy life. And so we go after the things that are going to make us happy. We, we pursue happiness. Uh, I actually think that in our culture, in this time right now, all of our friends and neighbours, people you go to school with or uni with or work with, this is their life. This is the framework. Pursuing happiness. That's not a bad thing to go for, right? You're not going to pursue sadness. Really? Pursuing happiness seems good. But it isn't fixing your eyes on Jesus. Or maybe you pursue success. You know you want to you get a good mark in an exam so that you can get 
into a good course at uni so that you can graduate and get a good job and then you get an entry-level kind of graduate job and you want to work your way up to the next job and the next job and you become a manager and then you become a CEO and then you've, you've made it. Then you can retire and buy a caravan. Is that fixing your eyes on Jesus? Or maybe you want to be the best Christian you can be. Lewis preached about this a couple of weeks ago. We can actually make, like, doing Bible study and going to church and praying every day, three times, five times, ten times a day, uh, being like a super spiritual person, knowing all of the, the spiritual jargon and the lingo and mixing it into your conversations, focusing on ourselves and kind of improving our own spirituality, our own relationship with God, but it's, it's focusing on me first and what I can achieve and not focusing our eyes on Jesus. See, I told you it was hard to focus your eyes on Jesus. There's a lot of potential pitfalls there. Uh, but then there's the flip side. See, we can also get distracted from Jesus by bad stuff. <laughs> I don't know how to frame that. Things like the things that you're afraid of, your eyes get drawn to and you're fixed on. Um, the other day, uh, the other night, in fact, in our house, uh, we had an intruder. Uh, it wasn't a person, it was a rat. Uh, and this rat came into our house, uh, it was like 10 o'clock at night, we were just about to go to bed, and I see this rat run across the room, and I'm like, Jody, there's a rat in our house. <laughs> what are we going to do? And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to stand here. She was already standing on a chair. So I was like, you've got a really good vantage point. You're going to stand here on this chair, and you have to keep your eyes on that little, like, corner of the room where we last saw the rat. And you cannot take your eyes off that corner of the room, no matter what happens. There's something about fear that really, like, fixes your attention. Uh, but maybe it's disappointment in your life that fixes your attention. Or maybe it's just some challenge that you're facing and you just can't stop thinking about how to navigate this challenging situation that you're facing. Now, it sounds pretty mean for me, I've got a pretty good life, for me to stand up here in front of all of you and say, if you don't have a good life, if your things are tough for you and you're distracted by that, then you're a bad Christian. I don't know if it sounds like I'm coming across like that. Uh, I'm not meaning to. <laughs> it's it's kind of tricky um, to talk about this stuff in a way that is sensitive to what you're going through. But I want to just like zoom out for a second because we're looking at these like it's essentially one verse out of context. And if you go home tonight, I recommend you do, go home tonight uh, and read the whole book that these verses is coming out of. The book of Hebrews is a book written by an anonymous author, we don't know who wrote it, to a bunch of Christians. But as you kind of read between the lines and put the pieces together, because you don't know who wrote it and you don't know who they wrote it to, it's a letter from someone to a group. And the context that these people are in is terrible. 
Uh, in the next chapter after this one, chapter 13, 13 comes after 12, the author talks about people being in prison. And a little later in that same chapter, the author talks about people suffering a kind of social disgrace, that they are rejected and hated and ostracized by the society they're in because they follow Jesus, and that's not acceptable. And the chapter before this one, in chapter 11, there's this long list of people who suffered. Uh, The author talks about people who were tortured, people who faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment, were put to death by stoning, were sawed in two, were killed by the sword, went about in sheepskins and goat skins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. And the conclusion of this frightening description of the lives of the people reading this letter is, the world was not worthy of them. What the author wants the reader to do is to stay focused on Jesus. Not because you should, not because you should feel guilty if it's hard, but because it will make your suffering more bearable. Because focusing on Jesus will enable you to keep going when the going gets tough, no matter how tough it gets. And the more tough it gets, and the more you struggle and suffer, focus even more on Jesus. And don't let anything stop you. Because that's the thing that's going to get you through. And these Hebrews, that's why we call this book Hebrews, these Hebrew Christians are tempted to just pack the whole thing in and walk away and go, my life would be so much easier if I just wasn't a Christian anymore. And the author is like, no, this is the thing that you need to hold on to. And that's why we start with this phrase, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. It's a metaphor. There's not a literal race. It's a metaphor for living a life where things are tough, where there's a struggle, where it takes perseverance to keep on going. Because life, according to the book of Hebrews, is like a marathon. I'm not a runner. I don't know if any of you guys are runners or if you're really into exercise. I think a lot of you guys would be more fit than me. I've recently bought a pair of running shoes and downloaded the Nike Run app to try and become a runner. The app is great. There's like a trainer that like talks to you in your, in your headphones and is like, you can do it, keep going. And it's really encouraging. Uh, and they, they plan out your workouts for you. They're like, you've got you to run really hard for like a minute and then you can walk for a bit and then you run again for two minutes and then you can walk again. And like, it's all organized for you. Uh, I do recommend it. This is not a paid endorsement. 
But to be a good runner, you need to push yourself. That's what I've learned so far. I've only just started. That's all I've learned so far. To be a good runner, you need to push yourself. Even when you don't want to run anymore, you need to keep running. And so I find myself having two desires in me simultaneously that are completely contradictory. The desire to succeed at this running thing and become fit, and the desire to go home and watch Netflix. And I really want both of those things to happen. But one of them is a lot easier than the other, right? One of them is good for me, and the other is easy. And maybe your life feels like that sometimes. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you resonate with this picture that the book of Hebrews is giving us, that the Christian life is like a marathon. There is, there's these two desires. You know, I believe that Jesus has a plan for you, an intention for you particularly, that he's chosen you to be the Christian you, but that there is another option available, which is to just be the old you. You know, once before you were a Christian, you just had the one desire. You were just me before I downloaded the Nike Run app. You wanted to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And then one day, you decided, no, I'm going to be a runner. So you got up, you put on your shoes, and you started running. But maybe tonight, you're thinking, gee, this running thing is hard. I just want to go back to the couch. The Bible talks about how our old self, our old life, is a selfish life. And that when you become a Christian, you leave that life behind. And yet, I feel that, that there's this old life still here. It's still an option. And so, I have to persevere. I have to persevere. I have to keep choosing to run. To persevere with running takes determination, stamina, strength, endurance, focus, To fix our eyes on Jesus. That's the focus. And we fix our eyes on him because he is the one who started it, the pioneer, and the one who finished it, the perfecter. And actually, this is where the whole running analogy and the fitness app and the shoes and the thing all falls to pieces. The analogy dies at this point because he is the runner. He is the enabler. He is the one who started the race, and he is the one who finished the race for us. 
I don't know how quite how to square all of that. Analogies are hard. You start working on an analogy and then the rubber hits the road and it doesn't quite fit. But do you get what I'm getting at? There's a, there's a sense in which the Christian life is something that you have to choose to do, and there's a sense in which the Christian life is something that is done already. It's already been started, and it's already been finished. And all we have to do is join in. Is that a good sermon? All right, I've got another one. Um, <laughs> I want to preach a second sermon uh, from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 20. Uh, Travis didn't ask me to preach this one, but I just figured, you know, one sermon's not enough for a night. No, I'm not really going to preach a second sermon. I just thought it's funny to introduce a new text at this late point in a sermon. Um, But this is actually a prayer, or it's actually Paul talking about praying, but we're going to use it like a prayer. Um, Paul prayed for these churches that he had planted, uh, and he'd sort of travel on to other towns and other villages and, and keep planting churches, keep telling people about Jesus, but he didn't stop praying for the places he'd already been and the people he'd met and for their faith. And so some of these prayers appear in the letters that he sent back to these churches. He wanted to encourage them and say, I haven't forgotten about you and I keep praying for you. And he's praying this prayer that the Colossians would keep at it. And so this is a prayer that I want to pray for us for all of us, for me and for all of you tonight. A prayer for perseverance, a prayer to stay focused on Jesus, the Jesus who rescued us and redeemed us and forgave us and brought us into a new life in him. So as the band comes up, uh, I just want to read, you can read along on the screen. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honour and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you would be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins that's my prayer tonight that we would dip into or draw deeply from the life of Jesus our saviour that we would be able to live the lives that he has given to us to go and live, that we'll be able to run the race that he has marked out for us to run, not running it on our own, but strengthened by his glorious power to give us all the endurance and patience that we need, no matter what is happening.
Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.